I'm running the race. I gotta pick up the pace. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Ross Project. Real stories from real humans. This is where we debunk the bullshit and fluff and talk about 100% proven tactics and strategies to help you grow your life and business. My name is Ivan Temelkov, and I'm your host. I hope you weren't expecting anybody else. And Ladies and gentlemen, I have a treat for you today. I have my friend, Joel Cleland, who's joining me today on the podcast. Joel, how are you? Doing great. So I've known Joel in the social sphere for what, a couple of years now, I think? Almost three, I think. Almost three years now. Because so your memory is a lot better than, than mine. Um, well, let's start off with, you know, not, not to spoil uh, your background intro. Let, let's start off with... You know, tell the viewers a little bit about yourself, your story, and uh, what you're currently doing. Sure. I am married, five kids. So ladies, sorry. Um, <laughs> unless it's a business call, I probably won't be taking your call. At the end of the day, I, I love to serve as many people as I can. One of my credos is better every day, better together. I'm a big believer in community and community building, you know, and win-wins as often as possible as humanly possible. I was on the phone with a gal from a Foothill family shelter in uh, down here in Southern California, where I'm based earlier. And she works on strategic partnerships, basically. It's a good way to put it. Mm -hmm. And I connected with them sometime last year. And as you know, Ivan, I work with a couple of nonprofits. I I'm, I'm, I'm also in business in the yeah. crypto space and I was just looking, hey, how can we collaborate? How can we bring you more resources? You're taking care of individuals and families that are shelter insecure, if you will. Yeah. And uh, she had some really amazing things to share about how the pandemic impacted them. They had yeah. to close their thrift store that was attached to the shelter, uh, move the team over to the shelter side, but they're still making things happen and just connecting with the community as much as they can. They redid their community center. And yeah. I know that this show is not about Foothill Family Shelter, but this right. just happened this morning. I mean, I have calls like this every single day yeah. where people out there in the community, they need assistance or they just need a connection. I mean, that, that's Ivan, that's how you and I connected. We connected through networking, right? And we were in a mastermind yeah. together. Yeah. And it's great because we actually had a really cool friendship that developed out of that, where we knew what we needed to do. We needed yep. to surround ourselves with the right people, uh, but we didn't have to choose to hang out with each other. We just yep. decided, you know what? I, I like this guy. I want to, I want to get to know him a little better. And I think that's kind of where, where we get to where we are now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I look, I, I, I admire your mantra on being so, so helpful and, uh, just really having a good heart. You know, I think in today's day and age, there's a shortage of people like that, you know, to generally, you know, we woke up today, that's a blessing. But then beyond that is how can we help others who are less fortunate? You know, it might be just a conversation, like you said, you know, or you might be just saying, hey, you know, what can I do to help you? You know, can I bring some resources to you? And this isn't anything that's tangible in the sense of like a business or anything. I mean, yes, that's where it develops, but it's about building relationships with people, you know, help mm -hmm. others so they can help you. 100%. The more people you help, the more people are going to help you. Right. And I think in today's day and age, you know, a lot of people fail to understand that because I think too many people look for instant gratification. I think too many people, you know, are in a state of fear. You know, too many, too many people you know, are not fully harnessing their true potential. And so I truly love that 
that you're having these kinds of conversations. And I think that's what has really kind of opened up a lot of doors for you, though. Right. I, I agree 100 percent. I was talking with, like I said, this gal this morning at this particular organization. Mm-hmm. But I, I talk to people all the time. And I put myself out there and you, you talk, use the word fear, Ivan, just a little bit ago. And I think what happens is a lot of people slink away from the opportunity to make the world a better place because they've been burned. You've been burned. I know I've been burned multiple times, but I'm not going to stop putting myself out there, helping where I can connecting people. I, I was in, I was in Florida last week and I met this gentleman, really cool guy. And I met him through the same types of circles you and I move in. Yeah. And he's, I mean, he's a really amazing person, you know, professional recording artist has Grammys under his belt and he gives back in a lot of ways. And with this guy, it's just, we were just talking. Yeah. You know what? We're going to get burned sometimes when we put ourselves out there, but we're not going to slink away from it because we have those bad experiences. We need to keep modeling the right behavior. So the world does get better. I, I had another conversation while I was out there with another couple of people and it's all very, very high level. And I said, yeah, you know, I, have always thought that, you know, if, if, if we could all be on the same page, if everybody did a little bit to make the world a better place, did their part that we could change the world in one year. And you know what they all said? They said, no, it would change it instantly, instantly. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe I'm a pessimist (laughs) a little bit, (laughs) but at the end of the day, I was like, you're right. If everybody had that conscious choice and everybody just flipped the script, it doesn't matter if I get burned because I'm going to always do the right thing. When I put my head on the pillow at the end of the day, I know I did my best to make yeah. the world better. No, I think um, that's an excellent point. I think everyone has their own vendetta on what they want to do, what they want to do in life, what they want to do in business, you know, and I get that. Absolutely. In fact, one thing I was thinking about recently is that, you know, you can't help others if you don't help yourself. You know, it's like, you can't help the homeless if you're homeless yourself. Right. You know, that's the mentality behind it. Literally. Right. That, think, the, what is it? What is it, Ivan? The best thing you can do for your kids is not be a problem for them when you get older. Yeah, that, that, that's a good point. <laughs> Take care that's, of yourself. Yeah, Indeed. absolutely. And, and, and I think a lot, a lot of people, you know, this is something that I personally am striving for. In fact, you know, speaking of nonprofits and just really helping people is there's a couple of local organizations that I want to get involved in, you know, this year just to say, hey, if I give you a little bit of cash or whatever, or support you by creating exposure out there in the digital stratosphere, would that help you? Yes, great. It'll, it'll create awareness. And sometimes awesome. it's even as simple as that to say that, you know, we support this organization because we love their mission, you know, and more people need to get interested, you mm-hmm. know, but um, that's an excellent point, you know, that they were talking about, you know, because we need more and more people because people who give back are very rare. Yeah, it's interesting because even the call this morning with that organization, it was exploratory in nature. Yeah. I just wanted to find out how can we help? Yeah. If we don't ask, we don't know. Yeah. If I, if I didn't ask you those questions, I said, wow, that's awesome. That's great what you guys are doing. What do you need? Because yeah. the need is so huge. That I think what that does is it, it, it basically scares people a little bit because yeah. it's, it's almost intimidating in a way. There's so much need. And the thing is, I'm like, you know what? Let me know what you have. I'll take that back to my people and then we'll see what we can do. Yeah. Because it's not about what we can't do. Everybody knows what they can't do. We shouldn't focus on that. We shouldn't, we shouldn't focus on what we do really well either. We need to find yeah. out how can we fix it a little bit? 
How can we fix this problem a little bit? Yeah. And I think that gets back to education. People really don't know the correct information on pretty much anything, especially in the age of the internet, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, there's so much misinformation out there. And then there's partial truths out there and, and facts that aren't correct and things like that. And so people don't even know where to start. And so sure. they get intimidated by the size of the problem. So massive, oh, well, I'm not going to even try to go after it. How do we eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Don't put yeah. the whole thing in your mouth. That's what scares you. Just yeah. take a little nibble on that guy. You know, it's interesting. You were talking about education because right. I'm one that I literally self-educated myself on the internet. And, know. you know, I'm one of those people that I love information. I love absorbing information and then implementing it and executing against it to test. But the point behind that is what you, what you just mentioned that I think people are missing is this that, you know, you can get a plethora of information on the internet. But that does not automatically mean it's true or that it's valid or it's proven to be successful. That's where a lot of people and I see this a lot, not just, you know, in the marketing space and social media. Like a lot of people think that, oh, well, I learned this from a blog post from somebody that I read. OK, that's great. But like, let's see the success rate of this person and, you know, and how much of that they've actually implemented and what kind of attraction do they have against that? That's where you actually gain merit. It's actual proven success that you can show that solidifies that, hey, I didn't just read this off a blog post and it right. told me to do something and then immediately have this in my mind and plan that it's a that it's a guarantee, because I think that's what people look for. Um, and having said that, you know, when I delve more into uh, your background and, and, you know, your business experience, because you've done a lot, man. Like you've been, you know, yep. you've been in a lot of different executive roles and you're doing some cool stuff with crypto now, you know, that I want to talk more of, but just dial, dial it back a little bit. How did this start? Well, I've always lived a world of service. Uh, I mean, a life of service. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I go all the way back to even like when I was in middle school, there were ways I was finding ways to give back. Yeah. And uh, all through college, I was involved in philanthropy as a director of a you know community service project when I was in college. And I've been a board chair twice. I don't know if you knew that. I've been a board chair for no. a couple different nonprofits, most recent not, uh, Project Boone, which I did yeah. step down. I, I'm very busy now with my current role at Centric, but mm -hmm. I still serve as the vice chairman at Project Boone to this day because they, they value the experience that I bring to the table. And of yeah. course, that's the nonprofit side. You know, I, when I went through school, I came out as an educator. I was in the education space for a number of years. And then you know, I, when you and I met, I was in traditional finance, you know, insurance, oh, okay. you know, mutual funds, planning, just basic planning for families, for individuals, for businesses. And coming from that, those two backgrounds of education and traditional finance, when Centric was looking for me, I wasn't really looking for them, but they, they, were looking, they were looking for someone with my background, somebody who could educate in this emerging space. Yeah. yeah. CZ from Binance tweeted this out over the summer. I think it was in August of last year, something to the effect of like less than 5% of the world is in crypto. And what he oh, did yeah. was he, did, he didn't stop right there. He, he, he took the next step. He said, basically, we need to educate the world on cryptocurrency and fintech and NFTs and blockchain yeah. and the metaverses. And I use this is plural, right? Because yeah. it's not just one. 
And um, I mean, there's several projects I'm currently connected with that are building metaverses. And it's just, it's incredible the things that are going to come in this new chapter of the internet. I mean, we, we, we talk yeah. about like way back when, when you and I were younger, back in our teens, when the internet came out. Yeah. And I mean, there were people at that time that were naysayers. What is this? This worldwide interwebs? Nah, that thing's not going to take off, right? I mean, look where we are today. It definitely took off. But then, you know, in the Web 2 era with, you know, Google and Facebook yeah, and all these yeah. organizations, they're basically transacting in our identities. They're transacting in our preferences. We, be, we have, right. you know, our data has become a commodity. And with the age of Web 3, which we're going to be in really soon, if we're not there now, is yeah. the people are taking the power back. And that's yeah. the exciting part about this, this new chapter in, in the virtual world. It's not just about virtual money or trading really cool NFTs. It's, it's going to change the way we do everything. Yeah. The future of work. You know, um, I, I want to go back to what you what you said uh, about the tweet. You said less than 5% of the world is in the crypto. And yeah, to me, here's one thing I've learned is this that people are oblivious, incoherent and ignorant to things that are new. Because yep. uh, it's it's similar to what what a quote I pushed out recently is this that uh, people feel threatened for one or two reasons. One is you're threatening something they've worked hard for, like family or building a career or building a business. And two, you're calling them on their bullshit. <laughs> and they don't like it when you call them on right. their bullshit. Yeah, that's, that's, so, the, that's the ignorance piece, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. And so you're absolutely right. 95% of the world needs to learn about crypto and NFTs. And uh, speaking on NFTs, Mickey D's just entered the game, like recently. And I was just like, yep. whoa, like, okay. And speaking of NFTs, and, and I'm, I, I want to expand this discussion a little bit more about crypto and blockchain also, but um, Gary Vaynerchuk is one of those people who owns $20 million worth of like NFTs, I think. He's like one of the only ones yeah. in the world. Well, him and Snoop Dogg, I think they're neck and neck. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> Snoop Dogg is big in the space too. It's yeah. just, it, it's amazing to me because I've always looked at this since, since these kind of really became a thing in January of last year, whenever that was, yeah. that these are collectibles. But I mean, yeah. people, peop, some people see them as additional extensions of cryptocurrency and they're transacting in NFTs. At Centric, we're kind of taking a different approach with our SendPay yeah. program, where we're gonna help businesses wrap up their warranties, maybe even insurance policies and things like that as NFTs, concert ticketing. I mean, there, there's yeah. so many opportunities out there for the business side of NFTs. But collectibles are cool. I mean, I own I own a few. <laughs> well, you know, and, and the cool thing is you yeah. can transact them on secondary markets and you can maybe get more money for it. I mean, that that's what people are really looking at NFTs for right now. A lot of them is yeah. that this is just another speculative investment where I can turn a profit. Yeah. You know, one thing I, I wanted to mention before the train of thought slips my mind is, you know, I want to thank you uh, for a couple of different things. You know, one is you were the person who kind of introduced me to crypto and it was sort of an eye opening experience. Uh, and, and then two, the fact that you're bringing the excitement to the show, because I love anything disruptive. In fact, I grew up on it. And I think you know, I just rang in my 42nd birthday a couple of days ago and I'm sitting here and I'm like, 
man, if I knew what I, what I knew now, 20 years ago, <laughs> right. or even just took a fraction of those dumb ideas, well, that I thought were dumb, but they really weren't and actually implemented them. You know, I, I'd be sitting on a throne right now with my big ass crown, you know, and <laughs> right. like, but, but that's just it. A lot of people, I think, you know, it's kind of like Tesla. And, and electric vehicles, mm-hmm. right? And now NFTs and crypto. And like, I, I firmly believe after, you know, I think me and you had a discussion last year that, you know, crypto is where everything's going. It, it just, it's just only a matter of time before it gets right. there. Only it's a matter not, of time. Right. It's not there yet, but it's getting there. And no. the fact that we have the mayor of Miami saying, yes, you can pay your city fees in crypto. I just heard the mayor of New York wants to take his, did you hear about this? His income no. in crypto. That's crazy. Wow. That's big. You know, and then we have this young presidente down in El Salvador who, you know, you can pay your taxes in our currency or in Bitcoin. And I believe that this is like, these are like use cases. Yeah. And, and anytime there's a new technology or new innovations in some sector, the people who are paying attention, we're looking for use cases. Where is it getting implemented? Where is it getting implemented? And if the cryptocurrency isn't getting implemented either to be income, for someone's paycheck, for investment purposes, which is what most of them are now, or for payments or some other way, maybe to make a, a network more efficient. Those are the questions we have to be asking. Is this particular cryptocurrency fall under one of those things? Does it have a public yeah. facing team does it have an official website is it traded on cryptocurrency exchanges let's, people um, people will take your money they'll take your money yeah guaranteed the, the, the same people who have taken people's money for thousands of years they're still alive and well today yeah yeah <laughs> so let's, be decentralized let's, if you heard of that you've heard that term ivan decentralized yes. right be live your life decentralized if you can't find the crypto you're looking for on an exchange, you have to get it through some centralized environment that's controlled by a particular company. Yeah. Don't put all your money into that. Well, I think, okay. So what, one thing I want to dive into a little bit deeper because um, 95% of the world is either incoherent or in disbelief that right. crypto is a thing. Correct. We know that. The other thing I would, I would so much love to open a conversa- confer- conversation around is decentralization that you just mentioned because that's a much deeper topic but let's talk about three reasons why crypto go three reasons traditional side i come from traditional finance Mm -hmm. it's another asset class i've had a lot of conversations with people about that you want to call it digital gold call it digital gold so it's an asset class Two is it's transactable. And it's not just transactable within a country, it's borderless. In a lot of cases, you can pay less on your fees for goods and services if you pay in crypto. So it's an asset and it's transactable. If it's not a transactable crypto, you probably want to steer clear of it. If nobody's going to give give you their goods and services for that crypto, is it worth anything? Right. So it's an asset class, a new asset class. Sometimes people call it digital gold, digital silver, what have you. Mm -hmm. It's also transactable. What's the third thing? It's the thing that's happening now. Yeah. And some people are going to get it. Some people aren't. And I think you and I kind of know what that's about because we've, we've seen things and missed it. 
You know, I, I could have gotten yeah. in on the ground floor of direct TV and I thought, nah, it's not going to go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I mean, you get it. I mean, there's all these, these things where it's like, you know what, woulda, shoulda, coulda, but now yeah. with crypto, it's nice because people can dabble. You can literally dabble in crypto. It's not something yeah. you have to sell your car to get into. Although some people do that. Sure. And it's, I mean, nobody's going to, going to lose their life savings, putting five, 10 or 20 bucks into a cryptocurrency. That's just it. You know, the reason I asked that question is because, uh, again, as you pointed out, 95% of the, the world is incoherent or is in disbelief that crypto is a thing. And, um, you know, I, I know you are such a huge proponent and, and a believer of, of crypto and how not that it's just a digital currency, but what it's going to do for the world. It's going to unlock, unlock financial freedom for a lot of people. There are naysayers, granted. They, I, I get ear, earfuls all the time from the naysayers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's horrible for people in third world countries. Oh, it's horrible for the low income and things like that. And I said, well, I guess it depends on what those people use it for. If they use it yeah. as, as an upward mobility technique, it could be very good. I mean, about 3 billion people in the world are unbanked. They don't have access to traditional banking. They don't have access to the advisors you and I have access to. Yeah. But what do they have? Oh, that's just it. You know, they have to, smartphones, yeah. right? And so, so they can they can take advantage of this new money, this well, new I think, industry. I think to your point is this that you know using using pov poverty or you know third world countries in, in an essence because I was born in a third world country and actually there's a shitload of people in Bulgaria who invest in crypto. Oh, you know. Bet. A shit ton. And so I think that's just an excuse, honestly, because it, it goes back to something that me and you, I think, are very passionate about is, is the psychology behind things where there's will, <laughs> right. there's power. Right. Yep. Yep. So you have a smartphone, but you're telling me you're broke. Eh, no bullshit. If you have a smartphone, which most people in the world do, especially in the West, especially in the exactly. West. Exactly. So um, so let's talk more uh, more about that, because, you know, I think crypto is. It's very disruptive. It's very new. Uh, but I think that's only for a short period of time before it kind of goes mainstream, right? Because mm -hmm. that's what happens with everything, which Correct. I think is going to be a huge game changer. But, you know, let's let's talk about with with Centric specifically, because I want people to to understand why why crypto? Why is it a good time to get into crypto and, you know, how a company like Centric is uh, how is Centric contributing to the revitalization of just global currency? Centric has really positioned itself in a great place. It, mm -hmm. Interesting, because the project, as you know, Ivan, your, your listeners might not know, I, I'm not the first CEO at Centric. Yeah. And we, we, had, we had our, our founding CEO who got in a, got in a really bad car accident and he just stepped down from his position. And then they worked with an interim for a period of time. And now, now I'm the CEO. Yeah. The project itself kind of approached crypto and the world the way I approach the world. It's like, where, where can we bring solutions to the world? And yeah. a lot of times when people think, have those types of conversations, some people are animated by it. A lot of people see it as boring. They just want to go zero to hero, make as much money as possible and help other people do likewise. But they don't look at any of the other stuff that's happening behind, yeah. the, behind the, the scenes. It's like the car. I just want the flashy car. I don't care how it works. I just want to know that it works. 
See, we're kind of we're kind of inside the engine. We're inside the drive line. We're working on those types of aspects of cryptocurrency. There's really three types of cryptocurrency. One is Bitcoin, Ethereum, ADA, Dogecoin, Centric Swap, CNS, which is our traded token, any other speculative asset in the cryptocurrency. Yeah. It's like they're like they're like crypto stocks, speculative stocks. So they go up and down, right? Based on how people feel about them. The second type of cryptocurrency are stable coins. This is your tether, your circle coin, your die coin. Any 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 company that says, hey, we have a stable here. So they're coins backed by dollars or dollar equivalents. Each one is worth a dollar. Now, is there any investment incentive in these stable coins? Not really, because they're not gonna go sky high. They're not gonna moon like some of these other speculative ones do. What we're doing at Centric is we like both of those. And what we've done is we've synthesized them into our protocol because Centric doesn't just have Centric Swap, which goes up and down. We also have Centric Rise. We have yeah. two tokens, one that's traded, one that's not traded. And this in-network token and the relationship between its traded token and itself, we believe is going to stabilize price over time and make it an amazing transactional currency for networks that want to transact in crypto. So here's a question that, that I have for you. Um, so you, you brought up, you, you, you mentioned the two different coins and you mentioned, I believe, speculative coins, right? Which mm -hmm. is the centric rise. I believe that's, that's not centric traded. swap. I mean, centric, centric rise is speculative in that people have to believe that it's going to continue to do what it does. It has, yeah. it has hourly yields that are written to the blockchain and are not going to ever be edited. So the guarantee of centric rise is that it has hourly growth. Centric okay. swap is the speculative token. It's designed to eventually stabilize at a dollar, but it's all over the place, just like any other cryptocurrency. Now, its sole mm -hmm. purpose is to bring unlimited liquidity to Centric Rise and to the network. And okay. as people value Centric Swap, they're valuing the network. Well, it's again bringing, you know, what. So what you just mentioned right there actually brings it full circle to what we, what you said earlier, is power to the people, power allowing the people. the people to decide. So now what you're saying is. I mean, this might, this might be a much bigger convo, but what I'm hearing you say is we're actually on the cusp of a global revolution where the U.S. dollar is being questioned by, pe by the people, which it has been, but it's being questioned now more than ever of its actual value because I think traditionally the government has determined that value, not the people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And, and I was on a call, Ivan, you'll love this because you love psychology and the way people think. Mm -hmm. This gal, she's a fintech recruiter. So she's in our yeah. space, recruiting yeah. in our space. She believes in our space. And she was saying, nobody's going to be able to compete with the US dollar. And she's in our space. Cash is king. Yeah. The US dollar is still the international maritime or whatever they call it. It's, it's, right. the, it's the thing that everybody accepts. You could be in in the African jungles, and they know the dollar. You could be in Paris, France, they know the dollar. You could be in Tijuana, Mexico, they know the dollar. Everybody knows the dollar, they trust the dollar. But what is the dollar? It's just the piece of paper we use to transact goods and services in. Right. What's it backed by? The full faith and credit of the US government. 
Okay. So when you think about it, you look at it that way, like, well, I really hope our government stays nice and solid because that's, what's back in the money. And at the end of the day, the people like the revolutionaries, if you will, that you were talking about, they're looking outside the box. They're like, you know, I like Ivan. I want to do business with, with Ivan peer to peer. And I don't want any bank in the mix telling me when and how I can send that money to him. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And the thing is the fact that these we'll call them monies, these cryptocurrencies are borderless and they travel over these blockchains on the internet. And as long as one person on one computer and one on the other, one on one smartphone and one on the other say, yes, we want to do business, they can send that crypto back and forth. And there's no government or bank in the mix. It's truly peer to peer. Exactly what you said right there actually got me thinking uh, about the, the US dollar as a traditional currency. I think for a long period of time, the US dollar has utilized its uh, authority and clout on a global scale because he had creative uh, massive uh, reputation through awareness, in part, probably not entire, this is probably above my pay grade, but that's in part of what I think he has done to where it has bec- become a standardized solution, a standardized currency. To your point, like you said, it could be in you know South Africa and using the US dollar because you think it's got more value, but now where that shift, but that's is, what they believe, Ivan. That's what they believe. Right. And so for what right. I like what you used, you I think you were leading up to this is that the dollar is a measuring stick. Yeah. Like we we use it in the centric protocol. It's like, yeah, yeah. well, we use the USD to talk about centric swap that it's eventually going to stabilize at one dollar yep. USD. And then we use it to measure centric rise as well. But then when yeah. we when we step back and we look at the network, we say, but what we're really talking about our centric dollars. This is yep. centric USD. Yep. You know, right now yep. at the time of this video, I think we're almost at 260 CNS per CNR token. Mm-hmm. So every centric rise CNR token is worth about 260 of these centric swap. When centric swap stabilizes at a dollar, CNR will be worth however many dollars that is. And, think, and so we use it, we use it as a, as a measuring stick. Yeah. Essentially. You know, I think, I mean, this is probably, so we're seeing a huge shift of currency where crypto is trying to sort of, you know, come in and be under the underdog because it still is the underdog, it is. right? It's a $2 trillion underdog, but an underdog nonetheless. Exactly. An underdog nonetheless. But I think as a result of that, I, th- I think that could spark a lot of revolutions because <laughs> that's what we have seen in history, right? I mean, right. when I'm on the treadmill, you know, uh, stairs, uh, walking my, my ass or on the stair step or stair step into heaven, or at least trying to anyway, I, I watched the history channel. It's just like, you know, history repeats itself. And in essence, it just repeats itself with different chains of events. Right. But not enough people know their history and remember, Oh, history is won by the victors as well. So we don't know what to yep. believe sometimes, yep. but I, I think some people, the, all the history they really know is from when they were born to when they die. Like that's the only yeah. history that they're even somewhat aware of if they're yeah. paying attention. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. I mean, history is, is a series of records that can teach us things if we're willing to learn. I was, uh, so last night, actually, the reason I brought it up is um, I was watching a, a thing on the, on the treadmill trying to burn an extra 200 calories about the Knights Templar. And I always get fascinated w- with this, with the story. And 
by the way, one thing I probably should have done at some point in my life, which is never too late, is probably maybe explore being a historian because I would have with Egyptology focus. I love Egypt, mm. Egyptology. Oh my God. But, but that's cool. a different convo. It's like, but just watching the chain of these events. And now we're talking about crypto, right? Yep. And in essence, when you look at it, this is why one of my favorite quotes is by Tony Robbins. It's 80% psychology, 20% execution. If you understand the psychology behind things, this is any successful organization, any successful person, any, any, any profitable, anyone who has accomplished certain milestones has embraced psychology as a vehicle. And I think that's what Centric is doing in part is embracing the psychology behind understanding people, mm -hmm. how people will yep. transact from a currency level and how to give people more power. Right. There are two types of people that come into Centric. First are the people who are looking to make a quick buck. Mm -hmm. They're looking to turn Centric to make a profit. So they're like, hey, where's it traded, man? What, what exchanges is it on, man? And that's all they want. They just want to yeah. know, how can I transact this token I've been hearing about and turn a profit? The other people, this is, this is a growing group of people. This is our true community at Centric. Yeah. That's global. Is is they want to read the documents. They want to learn the basics, the tokenomics, if you will, of centric protocol. They're the ones who dive into the white paper. Yeah. You know, in addition to a public facing team and a website that's legit, I always tell people, read the white paper, see what they're trying to do, see what they're about, see what their vision is. I mean, at Centric, we're, we're working to stabilize cryptocurrency to make it a superior transactional money. Yeah. Well, to other, your point, other, other crypto projects may be working on some type of utility to make networks yeah. more efficient, things like that. Other, other projects want to be digital gold or silver, something like that. I think we've got the yeah. best of both worlds here. You brought up a really interesting analogy, uh, and I'm going to use golf. Uh, I'm, I'm probably mediocre golfer at best. I'm a duffer, so I don't feel bad. <laughs> but what you brought up is really interesting because uh, you talked about the two different types of people that actually come into Centric. And this is actually a lot of people on a global scale. There's two different types of people. It's like in golf. The people that play the short game and the people that play the long game. Well, you can't just play the short game to win. And you can't just play the long way to win. You got to have a blend. So like the people that are reading the documents, they're like, all right, how can I make this a long-term strategy? But you know what? How can I have a quick burn here and there? Too? How, how can I pay my mortgage with this? <laughs> yeah, that's a good <laughs> Which point. people are doing, by the way. People yeah. are paying their monthly mortgage with Centric. Yeah. And I think it's great. I think it's great. But yeah, the long-term yeah. hold is what's going to push us to that, that point of network consensus faster than anything, is when people are sucking yeah. it up off the market. Because as things become more scarce, what happens, Ivan? Uh, as, as people develop more scarcity, oh, things go. No, no, yeah. no. Scarcity of the asset. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it increases, right? Yeah. Right. So, I mean, right. as as people are sucking these cryptocurrencies off the market, Centric specifically, that that's what's going to drive the price up. Yeah. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about it on a company level. I mean, why Centric? How does, you know, how does Centric, you know, we talked about what Centric is doing, which is crypto. Mm -hmm. And I right. absolutely love the, the community-based approach because I'm a huge proponent for that. You know that. Yes, you, know? you are. And, but, but why Centric versus, I don't know, the plethora of companies and <laughs> right. someone in Mexico with right. a P.O. box that claims right. he's a crypto expert, you know? Sure. 
Sure. And there are some experts in Mexico, just so you know. But, uh, but Ivan, the cool thing is that like, I have several bags of Centric stashed in different places. (laughs) And Centric is obviously my largest holding by far, Mm -hmm. but there, there are a few projects in the top 50 that I, that I hold a little bit of. I, I believe that the outlook of Centric is, is amazing. It's reliable especially for people who take Centric swap off the market and convert it to Centric Rise and take advantage of those hourly yields. It's huge because Centric Rise is generating more CNS every single hour. And when people think about it that way, they're like, wow, well, all we got to do is make sure that this CNS, this traded token goes where it's supposed to go. And I've got more of it every single hour. The predictability of the Centric protocol is is second to none. I haven't seen it anywhere. Do I hold some of the other top, top projects? I do. I do, but I believe in the sector. I believe in the sector. By by far, by far, uh, centric centric has my largest holdings. And at the end of the day, is Joel going to hold any stable coins? Not any other than Centric Rise, because <laughs> it's not in it. There's no investment, you know, component to a to a, a traditional stable coin. So I don't hold any of those. Well, the reason I wanted to bring it up is because and, and the reason why, you know, I, I asked the question of mm-hmm. why centric is because uh, I think it emphasizes on the business model behind the company, you know, and, and understanding the the fundamentals of how a company operates, because right. uh, maybe this is just me, but uh, now more than ever, I'm a, I'm a bigger proponent of understanding how a community based approach psychology and just, you know, truly having actual value you know, is beneficial long-term because I think a lot of companies, you know, especially in the crypto space is that they're pushing that, um, that the, the tether coins to have the equivalent dollar value that you had mentioned. And a right. lot of people have the mentality, I, I think as day trading, as you mentioned, because they want to, to cash in quickly, Sure. but crypto, correct me if I'm wrong, is a long game. It's not meant to be. I always say it depends. And mm-hmm. I know that's kind of lawyer speak, but it, it depends because it depends on what people's priorities are. I mean, I know yeah. some traders, some day traders and some swing traders that are also holdlers. They're also yeah. holding certain projects. The excellent concept of the stable coin is that these traders in between trades don't lose any value because yeah. what, a, what a stable coin is, is really all it is, is a direct transfer of value. So if I if I if I'm trading Bitcoin, for instance, and I go out of the Bitcoin, I'm going to go into a tether, for instance, or one of the other stables after I make some profits in Bitcoin. And then I maybe move it over to Cardano, for instance, or or Shiba Inu or something else. And then when I make that profit, I being a trader, Joel is not a trader, but that's the trader mentality is that they move it back into a stable. They like to hold their reserves in something stable. If we talk about that, centric rice CNR is excellent yeah. for traders because they yeah. can hold it in this stable environment. Granted, full disclosure, centric swap CNS is speculative and it does impact the, the price of CNR. Yeah. But I know a lot of traders who also hold centric rise because they like the fact that it's got a great strong roadmap. It's got a predictable future. And every hour they see, oh, I'm getting more CNS. Look at that. Yeah. The price of CNS is kind of crazy right now, but so is the rest of the market. Sure. No, and that's, but at um, the end of the day, I, I think I think people have different priorities. Traders have their priorities. Investors, true investors like you and me have our priorities. 
And I think, I think everybody can, can really enjoy the space and do very well if they've got a plan. And at the end of the day, that's what it comes mm-hmm. down to. What's, what, what are your goals? What's your plan? Well, Very I think, basic. you know, a lot of people need to, I mean, two things that, that I see personally that I think is applicable to a lot of people is just that, you know, understand that you need to diversify, understand that the U.S. dollar is not going to be an, an eternal currency, even though it has been for ages and ages and ages, you know, now more than ever, we live in a very disruptive world, you know, and yep. I particularly love that uh, because, you know, it's, it's, it's innovations, you know, crypto mm-hmm. isn't in an in innovation technically, you know, it's, it's a completely new model. It's scary because it's new, but that's like anything new, mm-hmm. but on a grander scale, if you really dive in deeper and peel all the layers, you'll truly see how it's beneficial long-term for everybody. The yep. problem with that is I think me and you talked about this is how, since you have a traditional financing background is <laughs> how would this impact banks? Right. Right. And I think I can answer that very, you know, at least from my vantage point is that some banks are looking at this as an opportunity to facilitate more business with their customers. Other banks are looking at this as very disruptive and we need to squash it. Yeah. At the end of the day, when JP Morgan Chase, for instance, says, yeah, we'll be custodians. I have to take them at their word. Yeah, we'll hold crypto assets for our customers. I'll be like, okay, one of the biggest banks in the world. They do very well for business banking and for certain things. Um, I'm going to take them at their word that they want to facilitate a better user experience for their customers. You know, I like the crypto concept because it's about not using the banks. It's about being unbanked and still being successful. Yeah, I. uh... But at the end, yeah. Anyway. Well, no, no, I, one thing I wanted to mention to that is actually, um, uh, someone told me recently that, that companies like, uh, Bank of America, JP Morgan Chase, um, you know, like the top big ones basically, uh, actually have the most amount of insurance policies with cash value. And tier one, they're tier one assets. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, and what's really crazy is this, what got me thinking actually is um, I think it was Dan Fleischman that I posted something. He said, most people don't know the banks actually make money off consumers. I'm being slow. And like, I got to thinking about it. And then like, I mean, there was some details in, in the post, but like I was thinking about, it, I was like, looking at my experience in traditional banking, it's great because it gives you access. You have a debit card, blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to like accumulating uh, savings, savings accounts are crap. Yep. They really are. And so, and I think banks didn't want you to know that because they wanted to make you think it's kind of like um, creating a diversion, right? They created like a superior diversion to say, yeah, you need to get a savings account, blah, blah. Uh, No, I I think I'm going to put my money elsewhere where they're going to compound which actually, that was a question I wanted to ask you that I just remembered. Um, when it comes to centric and crypto, how does it, how does it accumulate in terms of interest? And I don't know if I'm asking the right question, but no, I, I think I know what you're going with this, Ivan. Mm-hmm. Um, one of one of the things that happens in any speculative space and any market, yeah. If if we look at if we look at crypto, not just centric, but crypto in general as like a commodity space. Yeah. Or like a, we'll call it an unregulated stock market space. Right. 
People come in with their psychology and they're emotional about their money. People are, people will say, yeah, I'm not emotional about my money. I make good, solid decisions. No, no. All of your decisions are emotional on some level that we're we're emotional creatures. At the end of the day, people are looking for ways to get ahead. People, when people invest, they're investing for one of two things, either to not lose their principal or to get ahead. Yeah. And the wealthy, they don't care about making 100% or 50% or 25% APY. They, they don't mind making 1% to 5% if they know they can't lose. Yeah. The one thing I always convey to people is, yeah, well, you got to make sure you're at least ahead of inflation. And right now we're moving into hyperinflation, anybody? <laughs> the cost of things are going way up. You need way more dollars to get the same goods and services. Yeah. And the thing is, is these markets, it's anybody's guess where they're going, but they're not going away. And so looking at these different projects and seeing, okay, well, which ones are going places, which ones already have integration, either for payments or people are talking about them. Everybody's talking about Bitcoin and Ethereum because they're number one and number two, but there are thousands of projects out there and who else is getting press or who else is paying for press? Yeah. Right. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's about. What utility do these tokens and coins have? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, I think you answered that. You answered that well, because I think a lot of people question the accumulation and longevity behind crypto. I think that's probably and you even mentioned it is that you do make decisions based on emotions, on some level of emotions. You always do. Uh, the severity of those emotions vary based on the outcome that you're desiring. Uh, so I think, you know, in a, in a finance space specifically and with crypto specifically being so new, uh, a lot of people are, you know, like you said, there's, there's two different types of people. There's the short game and the long, the long game people, you know, and the people that are trying to play the long game, they understand, like you said, you know, like the wealthy, they're okay with one to 5% because they know it's not going to be a hundred shit it's not even going to be 50 it's not even going to be 25 percent. so they understand the severity of this mm-hmm. they understand that it's a crapshoot but it's kind of like um, but they're not going to lose you know right. it's it's the it's that right. old adage it's yeah I, I could care less about the return right. on my money uh, I, i'm more interested in the return of my money yeah and yeah. at the end of the day most people who have, you were talking about diversification, they've got some of their assets that are going to be the return of my money. I'm winning either way. Yeah. I'm winning either by, you know, going to the moon really quickly or just by putting money away on a regular basis and letting yep. it sit around for a number of years. Either way, I win. Yeah. And that's that's true diversification is, is when we're in different asset classes that will all get us to the same place. We have to understand them. They have to be asset classes we're comfortable with, you know, and this isn't really a show, at least I don't think it is because this is an ideas show where, where we're saying, Hey, you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. Everybody's different. Everybody has different goals. Everybody has different preferences. Yeah. And at the end of the day, as long as your dreams and you attach goals to your dreams and you're going in the right right direction and you're you're committed to them because that's the other piece it's one thing to understand something it's another thing to be committed to its execution and its realization yeah it's, it's you huge. know um it's so interesting what you just said on the tail end actually is this as part of the show is this that um someone actually said this recently said 
you're way ahead of your years. And there's a lot of stuff I've talked about over the last six years on this podcast. It has evolved and grown and different people have come on. But for the most part, it has never deviated from uh, striving to be disruptive, to be fresh, to be cutting edge. And I think crypto now, you know, being one of those, you know, highly uh, discussed topics, you know, and, and there's so many emotions around that, you know, people are questioning, you know, from the wealthy to the people that are like, how do I make my buck go further? You were talking about hyperinflation also, but that's, that's what's so great about it is that it's another avenue for people to understand that I can diversify mm -hmm. my, my potential because I'm about you, man, but 10 years from now, I would love to be sitting on a beach and drinking margaritas, you know, and, and <laughs> or kids running around. And I mean, <laughs> right. like, it's the 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 beauty the the pricelessness of life and i think that's in part what crypto can 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 create you mm -hmm. know for people but again like you said 95 percent of the world is uneducated on this topic right and, and we're early we're so early i like that you brought that up again and i'm glad cz i yeah. mean he's he's the wealthiest crypto guy out there yeah. you know he's i mean he's got the biggest exchange in the world binance Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, he's still a pretty smart guy and shrewd yeah. and thoughtful. And he's definitely a thought leader. And he's absolutely right. We've got a lot of work ahead of us, educating people yeah. on what crypto is, what it isn't, yeah. how you can use it, the, you know, the, the, the options that are out there. That's one thing I've always been amorous of is options. Yeah. I want more and more options. And if, if people can have more financial options, yeah. the world becomes much more interesting. Life yeah. becomes more exciting. It's like, wow, I, you know, I, I don't have I know, to just do this. There's yeah. many more options. I know, I know that that this convo could probably go endlessly, and and, <laughs> and I I want to say thank you because you've shared sure. a wealth of knowledge on you know uh, all levels. But before we wrap up, you know, can you share with people how can they connect with you out there uh, for conversations about crypto, about centric? What's the best way um, to reach you? I'm most active on Twitter at real Cleland at real Cleland on Twitter. I am on LinkedIn, although I'm not super active there on Instagram. There's probably five to 10 Joel's on there. Cause I got lots of trolls, lots of trolls on Instagram. Uh, I'll tell you this, everybody don't ever give someone with my name money and don't DM with them saying, and them telling you they're going to promise you the world. Cause I would never do that. I always send yeah. people to the crypto exchanges and I tell people to do their own research. So, so don't trust trolls, everybody. Only trust Joel. Okay. And uh, yeah, I'm at Real Cleland on Twitter. Um, and I think that's really the best way for people to get a hold of me. And, okay. uh, and, and connect with Centric at Centric.com. Centric.com is our main website. If you scroll all the way to the bottom of Centric.com on the right, you'll see all of our social handles. And all of the official news and conversations happening with Centric are going to happen through those official channels. And you'll see me on there periodically on the uh, Centric Telegram chats. Awesome, Joel. Thank you so much yep. for coming on the show. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you for the welcome Great. knowledge. Thanks, brother. Great to be on. They on all of my songs. I don't know what can I say. That's what I say by his grace. That is the shit on the lace. Running